This is Bump, Baby and Beyond with Emma's Diary. This podcast is in association with Coleaf Infant Drops, who have been trusted by mums for more than 20 years. Hi everyone, it's Holly from Pretty Big Butterflies and Holly Plus, and you're listening to Bump, Baby and Beyond with Emma's Diary. Today I'm joined by the lovely Georgina, who is a mummy to two, and today we're going to share our tips and advice for coping with colic. It's so common, but as a new mum, it can be really scary. So hopefully you'll find our tips useful. So welcome, Georgina. It's great to have you on the show today. Hi, Holly. Thank you very much for having me. Now, um, with regards to colic, according to the NHS, colic is when a baby cries a lot, but there's no obvious cause, which can obviously be quite daunting for new parents. Yeah. And um, it's not known exactly what causes some babies to get colic, but it may be because babies find it harder to digest food when they're young. So that's what the the NHS say colic is. Mm -hmm. So with your with your two little ones did they suffer from colic how was that with you when they were when they were very tiny yeah so they both actually had colic so I've got a four-year-old little boy and a three-year-old little girl they've got a 16 month age gap so it was very back to back so I remember it well um and they both had it in very different ways so my four-year-old little boy who's my first um he didn't have like the stereotypical colic of like crying in the evening for a big extended period of time but he was colicky if that makes sense so after every feed he would seem very uncomfortable lots of drawing his knees up crying just very hard to settle after a feed um was my daughter was the opposite and she was the very textbook typical come six o'clock in the evening she was going to cry for a solid three hours and um, there was nothing you could do about it really it was very hard to settle her Um, so they both had it for very different reasons. Okay so it's quite interesting isn't it because before I was pregnant well actually to be fair before I became a mum I didn't really know anything about colic it was like this new word and I was like I didn't even know kind of what it meant and then you know when your baby starts crying and you know when they're so little you start researching everything don't you and it's then you start looking at those kind of symptoms don't you like you said with the raising your knees up and the crying Mm. for kind of the the three hours onwards over three days and things like that so how how did you know that your babies had colic so with Rory it was it was harder to say because he just seemed really uncomfortable after all of his bottles but in the evening sometimes like come bedtime he would have an extended cry um But I would never really said that he had like colic until when I had Ellen and she had the very textbook colic. I was like, oh, that's colic. Also, Rory, I always thought you were just kind of colicky, like you just didn't seem like a very happy baby for a little while. Whilst with Ellen, um, she started from about three. I was trying to remember it the other day and I was like looking at dates. (laughs) Um, I think it was from about three weeks. She started crying, not in the evening, but like uh witching hour so about four o'clock five o'clock she'd have like a really big cry for a couple of days and we thought oh that's odd and then it seemed to go like 20 minutes later 20 minutes later and then all of a sudden at six o'clock seven o'clock she would have a big extended cry for three hours and it lasted for a couple of weeks so I could kind of guess from reading the NHS website and things like that 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 was what colic was 
Yeah, and it's hard, isn't it? Because I always, when I, when my little ones were babies, um, I remember having this kind of tick box exercise that I did. So if they were crying, mm. I'd remember going, right, okay, do they need a nappy change? Are they hungry? Are they too yeah. hot? Are they too cold? I had a list and I was like, one of these will make this situation. One, one of these is what they want. One of these will stop them from crying. Mm. And when I realised that my youngest one had colic, it was it was what, when I was doing all those things on my list and none of them was soothing him. So, you know, I didn't really know about the whole um, lifting their knees up or arching their back. I just thought that was while babies crying, those are the kind of things they do because... You know, I've ne- never been a mum before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all, what is this? This is a baby. I don't know how it works. Um, and it was only kind of one when they, when all those options weren't working for me, I was like, right, I feel like this is, he, he can't just be an unhappy baby. It says, I remember going, it says online that one of these things should work and it's not. So there's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it's like a, almost a, a mother's instinct, isn't it? To kind yeah. of be like, well, there's something not quite right here. Because I got so I actually spoke to, I think it was my health visitor, or we had like a walk-in, you know, you can go to the walk-in centres and speak to a health visitor. Yes. Yeah. And um, I went and I went and spoke to someone because I just couldn't understand why all of a sudden he had been crying for kind of, and again, the same as you, it was in the evening. It was for us, it was more around the, the kind of the three o'clock, between three and six. Okay. Um. And I just couldn't understand. I couldn't understand why he was still crying. So I actually went to see a health visitor and she suggested that he could have colic. And that's when I kind of read up on it because I'd never heard of it before. I had no idea what it was. Um, because I had Rory before, I think I was kind of quite well read. So I knew with Ellen that it was, um, like I, I just had a, a bit more of a background of what colic could be. But I remember my husband, uh, who isn't as well read as, a, as a, like me, um, he didn't research things in the way that mums do. Um, he was like, well, what's wrong with that? He just couldn't fathom why, like like you say, like he's gone through the tick boxes and he'd never heard of colic, didn't know what it was. And he was just mind blown about, you know, I think he's still quite traumatised to today because he doesn't ever want to talk about it. Um, so I think he was really shocked about colic and how how relentless it is because like you say like they cry for so long you think you've got to get tired soon like you've got to wear yourself out and they just don't do they 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 can they can cry and cry and Rich just I remember him saying like what is going on and what's wrong with her yeah and you start thinking how long do I have to deal with this (laughs) yeah this is this is very hard work this is not what I was told I was not told motherhood was going to be like this you know and it is it is it does especially I don't know about you, but I, um, with my first child, Cameo, he was a really good baby. We didn't really have much crying from him at all. And mm. then all of a sudden, this crying came out of nowhere. And I, I felt like it was quite hard to deal with because, you know, on top of the the colic, you also have, like you said, the crying and the worrying about how your baby actually feels. Yeah. Definitely. And did you find as well that you were like seeing your friends who you went to all the classes with when you were pregnant and they were having babies around the same time as you and you were thinking, well, they're not doing that. So what what's going on? And you would kind of go to your, your coffee dates and you'd be like, well, do your babies cry in the evenings for extended periods of that? Like it felt really odd. It just kind of sometimes felt like it was just me going through it. 
you start researching everything as well. Like I remember being like, right, this blog said this, so we'll try that tonight. And this blog said that, so we'll try that tonight. And um, I read online that you could do this, so we'll try that tonight. And I was trying not to get too... um, too caught up in like trying to find a magic fix but more just how we can all get through this but I did you know you do try lots of different things and try lots of different techniques but I knew you know just to to try and stay calm as well like that for me was the biggest one was to try and stay calm and just concentrate like you say on the baby because you do worry that they're going through something horrible and it's it is really stressful so when you kind of clicked on I guess from your your research and from your your mother's instinct I suppose as well um Mm. that your little one had colic for the first time what did you so you did your research how did you manage to help your little one did was there anything that you did when you realized that they had colic to kind of help I guess what they were going through and and to help ease that those colicky symptoms yes so we did a few things um we got quite a good routine in the end so Throughout the day, I would give her um, co-leaf drops. So I was breastfeeding at the time, so I would just express a tiny bit in the morning and then I would give her that throughout the day. Um, that really helped. And then another thing that I found really helped was from about three o'clock, so three hours before I knew she was going to start getting upset, was to um, kind of wind her down a little bit and not do anything overly stressful in the evening. So obviously I know especially if you've got a toddler as well as a baby. Um, From three o'clock, it's quite like a boisterous time um, and the toddler's getting upset because I want dinner. And I had to try and make sure that it was quite a calm atmosphere. And I found that the calmer it was before the colic colic period, the the easier her colic was in the evenings. I found if it was like, it was almost like the more stressed she got, the worse the crying got. Um, and also in the evenings, I would um, sit in the living room with her and I would have the lights out and I would put the telly on for me. Um, and I would put like a just a really easy thing to watch on and I would put the subtitles on so I could read it and kind of follow along and I'd turn the sound off. And I found that the less stimulating the environment was, the easier that it, it kind of got. It took a couple of like a couple of days to realise that, but the less going on the more she seemed to calm down like it was still a lot of crying but it was less distressing if that makes sense like it was just kind of more of like a whingy cry as opposed to the screaming cry um that like colic can bring out um and I just found that if I had like a, a really comfortable onesie on her I made sure that there were no labels um Lots of people recommend swaddling and popping them in a baby sling as well, but I didn't find that it helped to constrain her. Like I know that that I it really does help in lots of different environments, but for us, um, like the more I kind of kept her arms in, the worse she seemed to get. She seemed to do well by moving her arms about and moving her legs about. Um, but I found the less stimulating the environment was the quicker she calmed down. That's interesting, isn't it? Because I read about, you know, if I think it's in any situation, the best way to help calm your baby down is to find a real soothing 
approach and whatever that soothing approach is because obviously some babies get soothed by um like you know the white noise sounds and like the fever and the hairdryer so yeah it's quite it's like finding finding what works for your baby isn't it for your individual baby um which can be a bit of trial and error so with my um with my little one when he had colicky symptoms um my husband swears that he was the one that could soothe him even now I had a conversation with him yesterday and he reminded me he did he won't let it go he reminded me of um it was like a burping technique because we found really spending some extra time burping cameo made a huge difference yeah um and Chino, my, my husband, he used, well, I can't remember what it was called, but it was something like the lazy tiger or the sleeping tiger. Yeah. Or some yeah. kind of winding position like that. Do, does, do, do, do you, have you heard of that before where they like put the baby on your, you put the rest of the baby on your arm and you kind of swing it very slightly, but they're on their belly. So it helps get the wind up. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did remember that one. Oh, I'm glad I'm not alone. My husband would be very happy. <laughs> He'll be like, I told you it was a thing. I didn't just make it up. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> So we found that um, really kind of getting out, because I, I, I've never been very good at burping the babies. I think I'm a little bit too delicate and, mm. you know, rubbing their back is fine. But, you know, sometimes you see parents kind of really give it, getting that wind out. And, and I struggled with that where my husband was like, no, it's, it helps them and they, um, they feel so much better afterwards. So that, that was one thing that really worked for us when we started getting, it, it didn't stop the crying, but... It, it will always seem a little bit less if we'd really done a little bit more burping throughout the day. Yeah, I think um, husbands aren't like, Rich was the same actually. I think they are meant to be like notoriously good burpers because I wasn't very good at either. With both of them, I remember being like, well, how do you do it? I don't understand because I can't get anything up. So maybe we are just a bit too, a bit too gentle with them. Maybe it might be, you know, because I have to say, even with my second one, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. Every time I've done the feed, there you go. You crack on and you burp him because you are actually the expert. I give up now. I'm not even going to fight it anymore. Like you win. But also that's quite nice, isn't it? And I know it sounds a bit a bit weird, but I guess um, when you're going through these difficult things or these little milestones, you know, your partner or if you've got family members or friends they can help there's even though your baby might be crying you know there are little things they can do to help can't they and 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 build and build a bond too even though the baby might be a bit upset Mm. you know those soothing moments or those moments of burping people can step in and help can't they yeah and I I really recommend that you get as much support as you can we me and Rich had like a good um a good routine where I would go in the living room and like make it as dark as possible and um, have my little place. And I, at one point, we got um, a gym ball as well. And you saying about white noise just reminded me as well. I used to shush in Ellen's ear really loudly. So like, I can't even. I don't want to do it on the podcast because it's just going to sound awful. But I used to do like a really loud shushing noise in her ear because I read that that helped, and that still helps both my children now if they're both having like a little moment where. Um, they're upset and they need a cuddle like if I just shush at them <laughs> um it sounds horrible like it sounds like I'm shushing them but they say both seem to really respond well <laughs> to calming down like it's it's like emulating your own white noise isn't it um so I used to go in the living room with her and then Rich would do like all of the practical like we, we both come into our own 
with our children like he's very practical and responds very well with that kind of stuff or I'm very like good with the emotional side of things so he would like come home from work make sure that there was dinner like a good healthy dinner because obviously you're still postpartum as well during colic so that's something you've got to think about too and how hard that is as well as colic being on top of that so he'd make sure there was a good healthy dinner um he would do all of the housework so that it was fine for the next day he would take Rory and put him to bed and that was like a real switch of roles as well because I used to always do Rory's bedtime and then I would kind of deal with Ellen and then he would give me like a half an hour interval to like go and do a toilet break and just go in the other room and just shut the door for a minute and he would take hold of her so I couldn't have done it without him in that sense as well like even though I was more of like the baby holder and the baby cradler because she did seem to settle more with me um I couldn't have done it without him dealing with like the other side of motherhood and getting like ready for the next day otherwise that would have been another thing to think about like once she finally stopped crying at you know nine o'clock I couldn't have then had to to tidy up the house and get everything ready for obviously having a toddler the next thing and bags packed and things like that so yeah definitely get support and if you know if you've got other friends who have gone through it I highly recommend leaning on them in whatever way you can and maybe getting your mum round to help hold the baby or you know just so you can do whatever you need to do really. Co-Leaf Infant Drops is a tried and trusted natural brand for babies with colic caused by temporary lactose intolerance. Co-Leaf Infant Drops are widely available in pharmacy and grocery outlets as well as online at coleaf.com. Yeah, I'd say there's definitely never any shame in asking for help. And like you said, a good point that you raised is that colic um, usually happens really early on, doesn't mm, it? So yeah. um, within the kind of first few months. And how how old were your little ones when when they first started getting the, the signs of colic? They were both about, I was trying to check the day with Ellen because we had family down when it first started, which again was really helpful. Um, it was Easter weekend. So, um, cause she started earlier in the evenings at first. So our family would take her and I would still be able to deal with Rory cause he was only 16 months old at the time. So he was still really young. And um, I think she was, she was about three or four weeks old, maybe closer to, it was around, it was between three and six weeks. And Rory was the same about three, four weeks old. Um, because I remember with both of them saying like you bait like they're angels until they're about three weeks old for both of mine and I remember thinking oh you do cry then <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly the same here mine like I said before with my little one he didn't really cry and then all of a sudden about I would say it was about seven or eight weeks in like around the two month mark we, we was the same we were like oh he does have a voice <laughs> <laughs> It is very early, you know, you are still postpartum, You've, you're just getting to grips with um, with motherhood, with this new baby. So if you, if you need help or people are offering to help you, then take it. I think sometimes you feel if your baby's really crying and is a little bit distressed, it's almost like you don't want people to see that. You almost want everyone to think you've got it covered and, you know, mm-hmm. this is fine. It's, he's not usually like this. He's usually a great baby. Where actually, you know, babies do cry and they do get colic and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, and lots of people would have gone through it. Like, so I remember my mother-in-law was staying with us 
And she was like, look, I know what to do. Like, I've got three kids. I know, you know, I know how to soothe babies. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, like maybe you've got some different techniques that I've got. And, you know, um, sometimes just a change in person for a baby can be um, nice for them, can't it? Because they sway differently and they soothe differently. So sometimes that helps. And I um, I always found it hard to ask for help. And it was when um, my dad's girlfriend actually once, this was not colic related, but we were also very busy um, a couple of years later. And I remember her saying to me, I want to help you. And that for me was like a big eye opener that people actually, you know, it's, it, they really do want to help and you're doing them like a favor not a favor that's not a word but you're making them feel good by accepting help like if I had a friend who was struggling with something I would really want to be there for her and I would really want to help her and it would mean something to me to be able to do that like I wouldn't feel happy knowing that she was sat going through that you know potentially by herself when there's something that I could do to help her so if somebody is offering you help then don't feel like you're putting them out because they you know the chances are that they really do want to help you and support you because they love you exactly and don't forget you can because you'll still be getting visits from the health visitor you'll still have contact numbers for people like that and you can reach out for help just like I did when like I said I had no idea what colic was and just and even reading up about it it was a bit like well well does he have that am I exaggerating you mm. know is this really what's happening because babies don't talk do they they can't tell <laughs> you you know my this is my problem you know and and they they're experts as well and they can really point you in the right direction and like I said that's where I got the tips for kind of the winding and for getting um, drops that you can put in milk, which really helps and things like that. So, you know, there are there are ways um, that you can get support. And and also another big thing to remember is that colic doesn't last forever. You mm. know, it might feel like it, but it doesn't last forever. Um, can you remember how long your little ones had colic for? I think it was I say only three weeks now because I'm obviously very much out of it so that doesn't feel like a long period of time but at the time it felt like a very very long time me saying three weeks now I think we can't have been that short surely because it felt like it went on for months but I think it was only about three weeks exactly so it doesn't go on forever it might like you said it might feel like it at the time but it doesn't I think with my with my first it was just for a few weeks but then with Marlo my second it actually went on for a little bit longer I think it went on for I'd say around around the seven to eight weeks um but I think that's because it we was probably a little bit more relaxed. So instead of kind of leaving it for a couple of, leaving it for like a week, I'd say, or two weeks, um, straight away, I kind of knew what the, I, I felt like I, I had more experience, you know, I'd mm-hmm. been, a, I already have one little one. I thought, okay, this might be colic. We can leave it for a little while because I didn't feel so anxious. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with him. What do we do? You know, you. It, I guess you learn from experience slightly, even though every baby is different yeah Um, but you know so it just goes show colic doesn't last forever it's just you have to get yourself through a a, a tough few weeks and um you know and it does stop so there is there is light at the end of the tunnel but it's just worth I think if you're a mum-to-be or a parent-to-be it's just doing a little bit of research now because like I said I didn't know anything but if you can get clued up a little bit on it now you'll be a little bit more aware of when the when or if those symptoms start to show yeah I agree I think um 
what you were saying as well with the health visitor I think going out for support like that's really helpful too because like you say it almost kind of gives you permission to realize it's not just you um it is something you know you're not being silly you're not being daft there is something there and sometimes that permission can make you realize like oh okay like I can I can relax a little bit now in my mind because it's not me stressing over nothing and it's not me um like you say, like maybe making things appear bigger in my head because you've got no experience of other babies. And I think sometimes with colic as well, lots of people say, oh, you know, babies cry. And you kind of want to be like, yeah, but not for three hours. Like that's a long, like I used to say to my mum, like, oh, she's been crying for a really long time now. And mum be like, yeah, but you know, they do cry. And I'm like, no, 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 this isn't just, this isn't just your, your, your crying. This is, you know, this is something else. So I think having permission sometimes to realise it's not just you and you can feel, you know, the way you're feeling. And if you're feeling worried or anxious and that's fine, that's completely normal. And, um, you know, I think just having that outer guidance sometimes really helps. Exactly. And even just to know what colic is, you know, I know we touched on it earlier, but just to, just to kind of have that confirmation, you know, um, to kind of say, yes, okay, we think this is colic, you know, just Mm. to get that second opinion, because like we said, every baby is different. They'll show different symptoms, whether that's a, a rumbly belly, like my one had. And I just thought it was like, really, I thought they were just a very windy child, Mm. (laughs) you know, or the, the crying and things like that. So there's lots of symptoms. And if you get help from a health visitor um, or a doctor, then at least you know you've got that that right advice, you know? Yes, I agree. So is there anything, and I've spoken a lot about kind of um, what we both did, and I said that I wish I had done a bit more reading before mm. my baby was here because I didn't know anything about it. Is there anything you'd wish you'd known about colic as a first-time mum um, that, that you didn't? Yeah, I think um, all the advice that we've gone through is really relevant. But I think um, I wish I'd known, like we said, you're newly postpartum. And I think when you are um, a new mum, whether it be a first time mum, a second time mum, I think sometimes you feel like this real need to get back to normal and get back to um like showing some level of like I don't know normalcy and showing like proving it to yourself and proving it to others and I think know that if you're in a colicky period you're still a new mum like I said whether that's a first time new mum or a second time new mum you know you're still juggling lots of different hats so give yourself permission to be really kind to yourself and I think that's something that I struggled with is I felt like I needed to be on top of things all the time whilst you know just go very easy on yourself if it's happening in the evening times don't try and cook a three-course dinner at the same time you know just buy in a couple of very easy dinners um if it's that you know you're trying to juggle putting another child to bed you know like loosen up the reins slightly with bedtime routine and just make your life a lot more simpler in other other respects so that you can deal with you know the enormity that is colic because it does take up your evenings which you know used to be a very relaxing time for people and I think give yourself permission to do what you need to do to get through it as well so like for me it was just watching very easy telly with the subtitles on and I would sit there with the gym ball sometimes and I'd sit on the gym ball and bounce with her like holding her to you know otherwise I'd be stood there all evening trying to juggle bouncing and holding and I'd get really tired so I think just give yourself permission to be very gentle with yourself and very kind to yourself you know and 
scale back in other ways because colic is you know it's a big task come the evening time so you don't need to be focusing on trying to clean your whole house and make a big dinner and you know have your children bathed and read to every night you know if that's you know if you have to simplify your routine then please do so because it is a big job and like like we said you are newly postpartum as well so you've got a lot going on hormonally and just be very gentle with yourself is my advice yeah I totally agree you know there's so much going on and for this kind of a uh, few weeks or or however long of, of colic you just need to be kind to yourself and I, I'd say exactly the same thing just don't feel bad if it means that you get takeaways for a little while if it means that you rely on other people to pick your toddler up from from nursery or you know if you I do think sometimes as a new parent you're like no you know it's going to be great I'm not going to I'm not going to have any anything I'm going to do everything just nice Mm. and easy and it's going to be fine and even I remember even when I first gave my little one um Kayleaf drops and I was like oh should I really should I be doing this you know it's a bit like you know I felt I felt bad that I couldn't just get through it get through these first few months of parenthood without needing help but we have to remember that's what things are there for you know they're there for a reason for us to rely on those extra bits of help and um and I think like you said just be kind to yourself don't feel um try not to take on too much pressure and if you need help definitely ask for it and like we said a really big thing to remember there is light at the end of the tunnel it doesn't last forever and and before you know it you'll kind of forget about it it will be like a a a a difficult couple of weeks but you will eventually forget about it and someone will say to you did your little one have have colic and you'll be like oh I'm not sure I can't remember because <laughs> it does disappear doesn't it yeah it's funny you should say that because when I told Rich that I was doing this podcast and he was like oh what's it about and I was like oh colic and he's like do we know about colic and I was like yes we know about colic Rich and he's like oh I think I must have just blanked out of it and I had to like remind us like, do you remember the daughter she's crying every evening he's like oh my yeah like I was like how can you not remember that um yeah no I agree and like we said like now I'm having to you know fine check details to reflect on it because it does become a very small part of your motherhood journey and I know at the time it probably feels enormous and you're worried about when you're going to get through it and what is it going to look like on the other side but you know eventually it does become this small blip in the road of you trying to adjust to new motherhood and it's just it becomes like one of those things doesn't it exactly and and I know we've covered quite a lot is there anything that you think that that you think people should really know that we haven't touched on or any other tips that you think new mums or new parents could really benefit from I think like you say there are things out there that will help so there's co-leaf drops we've both used them those for me were like little miracle drops they really really helped um with both of them so especially with Rory he stopped this like windy gripiness after his feeds um after a few weeks um with him and that again for me just took a massive weight off my mind with Rory because again he was my first baby too I was really worried about him after every feed and I almost got like this like a little bit of anxiety around feeding him because I knew like the hour after that he was going to be gripey and uncomfortable and I'd have to walk him around the house upright and do lots of winding so I got like worried about taking him out if he had to be fed and stuff like that because if I wanted to go to a coffee shop or something I knew that that would be quite difficult so for us using drops and things like that really really helped just to take that level away um 
And then with Ellen, it was just like I say, like just making sure that everything was as calm as possible, which is so easy for me to say now when I, you know, I can hear myself. And if you're in it, then you'll be like, yeah, okay, stay calm. Um, And it probably sounds like (laughs) quite difficult advice, but honestly, I think the the more going on and the more stressed you get, um, the harder things are. And obviously you can feel that building up in you. And when it's happening, then you've got a crying baby and, you know, motherhood is very overstimulating. There's a lot of noise going on. There's a lot to remember. There's a lot to think about. So I think, um, try and create a small routine around it. So in the evenings as well, I used to get in like a couple of treats. I'd go to the shop in the daytime and I'd make sure I had, you know, a couple of snacks ready to go for when she was going to be crying. So I didn't have to walk her all through the house crying and wake everybody else up. But I think those two things to me really helped were just to ease, ease stresses and to be kind. Exactly. Completely agree. Thank you so much, Georgina, for coming on and and sharing your your tips and and hints with us. I'm I mean, I'm sure if I had listened to this when I was pregnant, I would have been in a much better position when that kind of when those colicky symptoms started. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. And before we end today, is there anywhere that we can find you online so we can find out more about you and your little ones? So I am very active on Instagram. I love Instagram. My handle is at Georgie Beth Clark. I share lots of things around motherhood and uh, like wellness tips and all those kind of things. And then my blog, which again, I'm very active on, is GeorginaClarkBlog.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Georgina. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right, take care. Bye. This podcast has been made in association with Co-Leaf Infant Drops, who have been trusted by mums for more than 20 years.